Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. You're in store for another amazing interview with special guest Sherian. She resides in the Caribbean and she is in charge of a company called the Apex of Training and Development. Um, Sherry Ann comes from a strong leadership background and has a very deep passion for training and development and leadership training within organizations. You're in store for a great interview, and so here we go with Sherry Ann. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Download. Uh, today we have a special guest, a good friend of mine. Um, we met in Antigua, Sherry Ann. Um, so, Sherry Ann, thank you for uh, taking the time to, to be with us and be a special guest on our podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being your guest. I remember the last time you were my guest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so thank you for, for your taking the time and, and doing this. So today's topic, uh, we're going to be talking to Sherry Ann, discussing on a topic that all three of us here are very passionate about um, is change management at the supervisory level. Um, oftentimes we find leaders, new leaders struggle with that transition from that first frontline level position to their first uh, supervisory lead, uh, uh, that, that first leadership role. Oftentimes that's the, the biggest challenge to, to, find, to find not only your leadership style, but how you deal with different things that you deal with that leaders as a leader because the things that you deal with as a frontline leader is not the same as when you transition to a leadership role so uh so sherry Ann, as we start the discussion we kind of want to start a bit broad right uh i mean we've had previous people that we've talked about change but how do you uh define change what is change to you well to me change is the modification of something the alteration of something transitioning into something different it could be for the betterment of the organization or individuals so for me change is about something new transitioning into something that could help to improve your current situation mm -hmm. and then what do you what do you think are are the those the biggest challenges and obstacles that come behind change because change change is not easy. Change is, is, is something that comes with a great burden and great difficulty at times. I think the biggest obstacle to change is employee resistance. Um, oftentimes, leaders implement change without involving their employees. They don't understand how the change, well, they don't know how the change will affect the employees. And they would just say, okay, tomorrow we're gonna make a change and you have to accept it. This could lead to resistance because clearly there is lack of communication or there's misinformation. Sometimes you misinform employees or you mislead them and that res results in resistance. So it affects the implementation of the change. I could remember a time I was working with a particular company and the company wanted to change their maintenance department into a more digital department. Now, can you imagine maintenance staff doing work, you writing reports for 20, 10 years, and you're telling them that you're transitioning into a, a software 
Some of them are not computer literate and you did not get them involved in the change process to explain why the change was taking place. How will it benefit the organization? How will it benefit them? What in incentives would you give them if they buy in or participate in this change? And it resulted in massive resistance and the company ended up spending thousands of dollars and they didn't get the desired outcome simply because there was very limited involvement in the initial process and this is something a lot of organizations fail to realize when you do not get the persons that are involved in the entire change process or that will be actually participating in the new roles that you're trying to change once they're not involved in the process, then you would find it would lead to resistance. So it's very important to educate them at the initial stage, get them involved so that when it comes to the actual transitioning into their new roles or buying into whatever you're trying to implement, then it will be a more seamless process. You know, I can remember for me with the first time that I was uh, given the job of, of a supervisor. I was I was challenged the most by this idea that it didn't really matter how hard I worked or how you know how much energy I put into it. If I couldn't manage the team, then it didn't really matter. You know, I was coming from that individual contribution side of the business where it all depended on my worth ethic. It all depended on what I could produce. And now I'm responsible responsible for someone else's production, and in, in, in the production of a whole department potentially, you know. So that tr that transition from frontline level role to a supervisor role can be difficult a difficult process. How can those that aspire for leadership prepare themselves for the supervisory role or that first leadership role? I think I cannot em emphasize enough on the importance of personal and professional development. Because, you know, managing people and performing at your best in a line staff position, it's two different things. You're dealing with different personalities. You're required to set goals. You're required to manage budgets. And I think Professor Robert Cates or Katz said it best when he created his four competencies for supervisors to be effective in their role. He stressed on the importance of technical competency, the need to have interpersonal competency, the need to have political competency, and the need to have conceptual competency. Now, what that means is technical. You have to know the work. You can't lead people if you don't know what you're where you're leading them to or what they're required to do. Mm. Secondly, it is important to have interpersonal skills, that ability to connect with your team members, build relationships, motivate them, communicate effectively. And oftentimes supervisors are usually the change agents within organizations because they are required to enforce the change. So you have to develop that skill of communication early, the political skill, political competency, we all know in organizations, resources are scarce and everyone is fighting for the scarce resources, whether it's finances, raw material, labor. So you have to build relationships with key people.
people in leadership roles, your CFO, your CEO, your HR, relationship building, critical. Then you have the conceptual con competency. This is one of the most important competencies needed if you're going to elevate up the ladder, if you're going to transition from a supervisory level to a middle management to or an executive level. What that means is your ability to mentally conceptualize and analyze complex issues and resolve them. And when you begin to go higher up in leadership, this will be the skill that you need at the line at the first level leadership, which is, which is the supervisory level. You will definitely need the technical skills, the know-how, and at every level, you will need the interpersonal skill, that ability to deal with people, because at every level, you're managing people. Now, with that, you have to bear in mind that you will be making critical decisions as a supervisor. So it is important to practice as a pair. How much influence do I have among my team? What can I do to build influence? Mm -hmm. What can I do to build my capacity? How can I be a better problem solver in order to make better decisions? Rather than just saying, okay, a problem is presented to me. I'm not assessing the problem. I'm not looking at alternatives, but I'm just making a decision just like that. So those are some skills you can develop. And leadership is about learning. You have to be a learner because as a learner, you're able to show that you, you're able to lead by example. So your team members realize the need to continually add value to themselves. So they will model your behavior. Therefore, it's very important to practice. Think of yourself as a leader when you're on the line staff or the operative employee level, because I think the transition will be challenging because at the end of the day, what you did as an operative employee will be completely different from what you do as a supervisor. You have to be able to have conduct successful meetings. Sometimes persons conduct meetings, they don't have an agenda, rules are not clear, they don't manage time properly, and then you leave the meeting with nothing. Sometimes you're unable to manage change, you're unable to bring people along with you, take them along that journey with you for them to see the bigger picture. So those are some core skills that are needed in order to transition successfully into that role. And the earlier persons begin to build their capacity in those areas, the more effective they will become and the more confident they will be when they transition into that role as a supervisor. Wow. I feel like I'm in one of your classes. <laughs> There's a lot to digest there. But um, you, you make some really good points there, sherri Um because I think everything that you hit on, the being that leadership, the person that is going to uh, continue learning because I think that's so important in no matter what you're doing, where you're at, what sphere of influence you're in, what in in wherever you're at. Uh, for the listeners that are or listening or watching this, is um, you have to have that shift in mindset that you are a leader. You're a call to be someone, and you start learning those skills. You start, you know, it doesn't have to be. You go out and pay for courses or 
maybe they pay for one of your courses, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, simply going out, watching on YouTube, starting to follow some influential people like Simon Sinek, John Maxwell, you know, Sam Chan, people like that to start learning, start being fed with, with that type of knowledge. And um, I wish I had heard this before I became in, in that first mm -hmm. super primary level, because I know all of us here, we struggled on that transition. Um, and But it, it's so important that uh, that people here really go back and listen to what Sherry Ann just said to this question, because I feel like that's so critical. And you touched on so, so much just, just on that one one question when we talk about transition. Yeah, you know, I think it's really important to realize that there's going to be a certain level of, of challenging, a little bit of suffering, no matter what. When you transition in leadership roles, every time I've taken a step up, um, there's been there's been a level of challenge. There's been a level of difficulty that I didn't expect, that I didn't see. And, and one of the things I've always done is, as I face those things, I really take notes and pay attention to those things. And I game plan those decisions again in the future. If this happens to me again, this is how I want to respond to this problem moving forward. Or if I don't have the ability, you know, to, if I don't know what to do, I go and find someone and ask, how would you handle this? And then I build my game plan off that moving forward. But uh, I think it's really important to understand that no matter how much you prepare, some of this is just learned through trial and error and, and just kind of through the, the, the opportunities that you get, the kind of you'll, you will, you will learn and, 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 the, the, you know, make mistakes, but um, you can definitely avoid a lot of major pitfalls. If you, if you, if you do, you know, what you were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, now going into the, the, we, we talked about change and now we're going to go into change management. So what what is change management for you, Sherry? And how would you how would you define what we're talking about today is change change management? Now, for me, change management is the process of moving your organization in a new direction to meet the ever changing needs of your internal and external customers. You could also be changing your processes, your structures. And, you know, when I say internal customers, I mean employees. I gave the example of the software being implemented to increase efficiency, the reporting efficiency of that organization. But of course, because the process or the whole aspect of change wasn't implemented properly. It resulted in resistance. And I can tell you when change is not implemented properly, it can waste a lot of time. It can cost organizations a lot of money. So it's very important to ensure that anything you're implemented, you plan, <laughs> ensure that you have buy-in at every level the stakeholder level, if it's going to affect your stakeholders, those that are sponsoring, your staff, those that will actually be responsible for implementing, being a part of the change, be in the change. So that is very important. And then, of course, your external customers. Sometimes customer demands change. We live in a technological era 
where <laughs> first we had 3G, now we have 5G, things are just changing rapidly. So you have to move with the times. And I find the organizations that are successful, they are very dynamic, they are progressive organizations, they embrace change. And because change is constantly being embraced, you find that employees are less resistant to change versus the organizations that are static, that don't necessarily embrace change. You would look at the pandemic. I can tell you from working in the field, by working in the field that I'm working, prior to the pandemic, I tried to sell the idea of having a learning management system platform to organizations and schools some companies did not see it they didn't think it was necessary they thought that the face-to-face -face modality of communication or learning was the best at the moment and i cannot believe i lived to see that transition happen so rapidly as a result of a pandemic and <laughs> and if these companies or these institutions that we would have reached in the past were open to this sort of change, then the transition would have been a lot more seamless during the pandemic. So that is my take on change management. So obviously the kind of work that you're, you do and the opportunities that you get to kind of be at the kind of on the, in the front seat of seeing all these things, you know, what are some of the, the trends and gaps that you see when it comes to change management? Okay, for me, now I'm seeing based on my job that companies are becoming more open to synchronous and asynchronous learning, meaning the live interaction online. It could be face-to-face, -face, but more online. And um, the use of a learning management system platform, they're becoming more open to it. And I believe it's because it's more cost-effective, mm -hmm. whereas with the face-to-face -face training, you have to staff have to be away from the job you have to pay for meals and you know the productivity levels it's somewhat affect is somewhat affected when you have the face-to-face -face training although with the face-to-face -face, persons can be more attentive in the class because somebody is in front of them whereas um with the online sometimes you're teaching students online and you don't know if they're there or not because their mics are muted and their videos are turned off. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the challenges I've had. But all in all, I think it has been the new norm right now for companies to embrace this new learning. And it has created an opportunity for me for persons around the caribbean and i should say around the world because i've had persons in the u.s participate in my training um connect with people so it becomes like a it, it it feels more like i know you i've never seen you but it's a lot more intimate mm -hmm. so i think it has really connected the world and i think that's a benefit I think also companies are digitizing, they're um, transitioning into more digital or into more technology now. And for example, instead of using manual way of doing things, even with something as simple as a time clock system, logging information into a logbook, they're now transitioning 
into digital clocking systems, although those changes have brought on resistance because whereas before you could log in whatever time you arrive at work and leave whatever time you would like to get your overtime, there's no accountability with these systems there's a lot of accountability now. So those are some of the things I've seen, primarily the embracing of the online learning environment. And the challenges, again, sometimes you're teaching persons, they're not there. Persons that are used to face-to-face, -face, they're still not necessarily embracing this type of learning, but I believe as time progresses, they'll get there. Very good. Yeah. And then um, when, you know, when we talk about um, change, there are many fears uh, with change because with change comes a lot of uncertainty, right? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty what's going to be on the other side of change. So, and this is a new concept for brand new leaders. Is So how do these new leaders at the supervisory level face this fear of, of change uh, and how do they manage change uh, effectively? Okay, so <laughs> the only thing is to prepare. That's all I can say, preparation and uh, understanding what, the, what things would look like at the end of this entire change process. How will it benefit mm -hmm. your department? How will it benefit the overall organizations goal meeting the organization's goal so you have to look at the light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. and you as i said earlier you have to prepare mm -hmm. you have to have the mindset that everyone is not the same you have to be open-minded and you have to meet people where they are as a supervisor and you have to recognize where you are as a supervisor as well. So being open-minded, communicating effectively, preparation, that is important. Um, support is important as well, supporting your team members when they're going through this process. At the end of the day, it's not easy going through change or even, you know, implementing change as a supervisor is not easy. It's a process and it takes time. It takes time and patience. So you have to understand those things and you can't really rush the process, but take your time to grow as a supervisor, take your time to learn your employees, your team, what motivates them. You can have programs in place that provides incentives, as I would have said earlier, to really motivate them, explain why the change is necessary you know, try to create transparency. Sometimes organized leaders are not transparent and <laughs> the lack of transparency can lead to lack of trust and it can lead to the resistance to change. So you have to be open-minded and recognize that I have to be transparent as a leader if I'm going to successfully implement change. I have to be confident in what I'm doing because it's a journey. I'm taking people along with me and this is my desired outcome and I need them to see this is the desired outcome and motivation is important. Oftentimes supervisors don't motivate their team members. They use a carrot and stick approach 
they use the authoritative style of leading only and think that that style of leading is the best style because they have legitimate power and authority. They could utilize that power and authority to their advantage. They're the boss. And it usually results in you know, the opposite because people don't like to be bossed around. Nobody wants to go into a job feeling fearful that they're in an environment where they fear they, they can't perform at the optimal, it affects productivity. So you want to be able to find out different strategies that can be employed in order to motivate your team members, recognizing that the workplace is now very diverse. You're dealing with different types of people in the workplace. You're dealing with differently abled people, different um, personalities, different nationalities, ethnicities, you know, you have to be flexible as a leader when you're trying to motivate your team and more so be a change agent. Yeah, and oftentimes I, th I think it's it's also um, making sure because oftentimes you, as a supervisor, first time leader, you're not the the ultimate decision maker. You're often being uh, informed of a change or shift in strategy or whatever, and oftentimes that supervisor is the one part of implementing that. And I think it's very critical for, as a supervisory level, to make sure that you also look upwards to your uh, uh, senior manager and make sure that you fully understand what that change is, what value it's going to add, uh, and maybe even challenge the change because you're the one closer to the front line as a, as a, uh, what do you call it? As a, as a supervisor to, to be able to add value to, to that change, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is where your leadership skill comes in because you are the one that's dealing with the operative employee, mm -hmm. the management, the middle managers, the executive managers, they're not dealing with the brunt of the change. It's really you. Mm -hmm. So you have to devise different strategies in order to get buy-in because they're dependent on you as the supervisor. Remember, the supervisor is like the key link between operative employees and upper management. They're like the key person. They're like the communication. They're the ones that have to reconcile, create reconciliation between upper management and operative employees because both of them have different expectations and demands. So your role is going to be very crucial as the supervisor. Absolutely. You know, just keep moving into our final question is what can organizations do to promote or, or to ensure that they, as they have new leaders, they can succeed in this, this kind of this area of change management? I think what they can do is support their supervisors, um, get them involved in the change process and ensure that there is an open line of communication because communication, having a proper communication plan in place is going to be very, very important. And I cannot stop stressing, as I just said, the importance of support. You want to know that if you're a part of this change process, you have the support of your upper management team or your peers. So those are some of the things I think organizations can do, and they could probably create incentive programs to really help motivate employees 
to buy into this whole aspect of change or to support the supervisors that are implementing the change. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I guess we're going to jump into our kind of a, a little bit of a couple of questions we have just for fun as we wrap up. Thank you again uh, for, for spending some time with us. Um, as you you have a wealth of knowledge and we're, we're happy that you've shared a little bit of it with us today. So we like to ask a couple of questions to end that just kind of give us a, a little bit of, you know, how you think and or what you're what you're working on right now. And one of those questions is, uh, what do you what's the best book you've read in the last couple of months? I would say the Bible. And let the me Bible. tell you why I say the Bible. I think the Bible has helped me a lot in my line of work and it has taught me a lot about leadership. Um, if you look at Jesus, for example, you could see how he exhibited the different leadership styles that the styles that people speak about today, he would have exhibited, exhibited them years ago. Mm. Jesus was a transformational leader. Whenever he came in contact with people, he transformed lives. He was a democratic leader. He gave people options. Persons are free to choose life or death. He was a transactional leader. He allowed you to make a choice. If you want to go to heaven, this is the choice you make. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. This is the choice. He was an autocratic leader. I could use the example when he entered into the temple gate, when they were, where he met with the money changers, when he turned over the tables and the benches, and he said, this house shall be a house of prayer, and you have made it into a den of thieves or robbers. So you would see the different leadership styles being exhibited by Jesus Christ. And then if you go further back with Moses, Moses taught us the importance of delegation when his, fa well, his father-in-law, Jethro, told him about the importance of delegating responsibilities. Jethro said, you will weary out yourself if you continue to try to meet the needs of all these people. So delegate the responsibilities and responsibilities your well-learned men cannot handle, then you can take on those responsibilities. So for me, I think everything that pertains to life is in the Bible and I'm a student of the Bible and it has really helped me to develop. So I enjoy reading it. So that's my favorite book. Excellent. Uh, how about the next one? Dead or alive, whom would you like to have lunch with? <laughs> I, I would say the late Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Why, why I would like to have lunch with her, I would like to know she would have led for 70 years mm. and uh, she started leading from a tender age. And some may say that she would have had access to a lot of resources that would have enabled her to lead effectively. But the fact that she led until she died speaks volumes. And I think there is a lot we can learn from her leadership style. And for me, I would want to know what strategies she employed in order to maintain that, effect, that effectiveness as a leader. Because she not only led one country, but she led nations. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it will be interesting to, well, it would have been interesting to have lunch with her. <laughs> Excellent. I like that answer. Yeah, that was good. Excellent. Well, as we wrap up here again, thank you so much for uh, your time and joining us for another ep uh, episode of the leadership download. And uh, before we, before we hang up completely, if someone wants to connect with you social media wise or wants to learn more about what you do with your, 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 your training business and all that stuff, how could they, how can people connect with you? Okay. So they can reach out to me at apex, A P E X at ELA320.com. Or you can check out my website at www.apexonlinelearning.com. Or you can check us out on any of our social media handles the apex of training and development. So that is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Again, apex at ELA320.com, or you can visit our website, www.apexonlinelearning.com. Awesome. All right. Well, we thank you guys for, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode. We'll catch you guys in the future. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this interview with Sherry Ann. I uh, hope you learned a lot about change management at the supervisory level. Um, this was a very intriguing discussion and something that I hope that you really found great value in it. Uh, we thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Download Podcast. Uh, feel free to catch our previous episodes at our website, www.theleadershipdownload.com. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on Google, and we look forward to catching you on our next podcast.